Hey, it's Danielle Renee, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Hey, I'm Danielle Renee, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast. We've been discussing the Christian contrast, how our lives as believers are designed to be a, such a stark contrast from that which the world offers that it illuminates the goodness of God and points to Christ. And I think today's topic covers what just might be the number one advantage to just everyday living the believer has over the world. But before we get into it, let's go to God in prayer. God, I just come to you today. Lord, we're pursuing you. We need you, Lord, now more than ever before. Let your voice be evident in our hearts and in our minds. And let the voice of our flesh be silent so that we only hear from you. Lord, it's all about you. So please speak to us today. Amen. Now, hey guys, while we're on the subject of prayer, I just want to quickly remind you that we're available for prayer requests through our website at everydaychristlike.com and on all of our social media platforms with a handle everydaychristlike. So if you find yourself in a season where you're struggling, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to us and allow one of our representatives to partner with you and cover you in prayer. Now, Today is the day and we are going to be talking about hope. Hope, you guys. This little four-letter word, in my opinion, might just be the number one advantage the believer has over the world in just day-to-day Christ-like living. I can tell you from personal experience, whenever I have faced seasons of despair, and I'm not talking about just bumps in the road, right? But seasons where I literally didn't think I could go on. Seasons where if I'm just being completely transparent, I didn't even know if I wanted to go on. It's this four-letter word that allowed me to endure and ultimately find light at the other end of the tunnel. I mean, listen to the way Christian author from BibleTools.com, Heather Regelman, describes it. She says, hope is the wild-eyed creature that pops up after the enemy tries to eradicate the very beating of faith in our hearts. And while I L-O-V-E love that definition, I also understand that it is the word of God we look to as our foundation. So what does the Bible actually say about it? And I found that the biblical definition for hope is confident expectation. And it's an expectation that is based in our faith and salvation we have in Christ Jesus. That's found in Galatians 5.5, guys. And it's framed, that confident expectation then is framed through our experience of having the love of God poured out into us through the Holy Spirit. Listen to the way Romans 5.5 describes it. It says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope is the gnawing conviction that no matter how dark the night gets, light will eventually appear on the horizon, that things can still change because God really can do anything. And because of his love for us, he's willing to move on our behalf. Listen, hope at the core of it, you guys, is the essence of being a follower of Christ. 
And as we apply it to this context of Christian contrast, hope is a powerful weapon because as the world looks on with all of their questions, with all of their hollow intellect, all of their searching, they find a steadfast resilience, a people with unwavering and uncompromising hope. And that reveals God in all his goodness and all his splendor as the answer. In my personal walk with the Lord, I have found two myths about hope that have challenged me from moving out of a place of disappointment. And the first is that our hope is found in an outcome. Well, listen, guys, God's hope isn't the same as the world's hope. While both denote a positive expectation, the world's hope is rooted in a fallible person, a situation, or a specific outcome. But God's hope is rooted in him. The basis of Christian hope can be found in Hebrews 11, where it says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I'm sure many of us have heard it with this translation like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, did you know the Greek word for substance in this passage is the word hypostasis, meaning faith is the hypostasis of things hoped for, which literally means that which underlies, meaning our faith, yours and mine, in Christ literally underlies our hope. So it stands to reason the deeper our faith, the more difficult it is for hope to be torn away and turned into disappointment. So I want to dispel that myth that says our hope is rooted in an outcome. When we put our hope in a person or an outcome, we know off top the best we can bank on is a 50-50 shot. But when we allow our faith in the completed work of an infallible God to underlie this confident expectation and outlook on life, we have 100% shot that hope will be activated. Not because we'll never be disappointed, and that's a very important distinction. Our guarantee is not not that we will never experience disappointment. No, we have a 100% shot that our hope will be activated because the hope God offers actually rises up and springs into action in the midst of disappointment, reminding us that God is in control and because of his completed work, our afflictions are temporary and he has conquered all. It is our faith in Christ that underlies, that activates our hope, not an outcome. And this point brings me to my second myth, which simply says that if I avoid hardship, I'll have more hope. And while this is a logical thought, let's look at the context that Romans 5 was written in. It says, therefore, since we have been declared righteous or justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, again, when the Bible says a hope that does not disappoint, it does not mean that you and I will not experience disappointment. It means that our hope is found not in the avoidance of that disappointment or suffering, but through the working through it, right? So to the myth that if I avoid hardship, I'll have more hope, I want to dispel it with the truth of God's word that says it's through the working of that hardship, the working of that suffering that ultimately produces perseverance, that steadfast, stick to uh, mindset, which then produces character, a change in our spiritual maturity. And that then cultivates a confident expectation rooted in the Lord called hope. Hope then is the destination after the biblical process of life's hardships being redeemed for God's glory. So here's how it works. Because you and I have been justified, we've made we've been made righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. We now take pride in the glory of God and what he did for us. But not just that, we also get to boast in our challenges because he created a process by which those challenges work to produce hope. It's like taking beauty from ashes, like flowers growing from out of the dirt. Because of the goodness of God, even hardship itself works to create this confident expectation in the Lord. And this is the advantage that we have over the world in our everyday lives. Think about it. The world has no reasonable cause to think that things will turn around. No reasonable cause to think that victory in any situation is theirs other than just blind faith. But you and I, believers and followers of Christ, we have an assurance, a confident expectation because our faith is not blind. It is rooted in a living God who has never failed and it underlies our very instinct to look towards the hills from which our help come from. Why is it that we look to the horizon for light in the midst of a dark and stormy night? Because we understand that at some point, the sun is going to peak up over the horizon because it always has. The reason you and I can confidently look to Christ as the source and solution for anything we're going through is because he always has showed up. He always has made a way out of no way. And because of the work he did on the cross, And our experience of his love being poured out on us through the Holy Spirit, we don't have to deny the development of hope by trying to avoid suffering the way the world does. Instead, you and I, we can work through suffering in faith and allow the hope God has given us to rise up in the midst of disappointment. So the question on the floor is, why are so many Christians still disappointed? Well, I think the short answer is that because life is disappointing sometimes, right? And disappointment is not an emotion that is exclusive to any one body of people. 
But if we can dispel the myths that we have about hope, then we can step into a place of embracing the process of biblical hope, this confident expectation that allows us to move out of disappointment, knowing that because of the goodness of God, his completed work, even hardship itself is working for the good. Lord, I just thank you that the cross and Jesus triumph over death and the grave. It proves to me, Lord, that there is nothing powerful enough to stamp out my reason for hope in you. Now, listen, you guys, I understand it's one thing to recognize a myth and dispel it through, um, you know, the letter of scripture, but it's another thing to really embrace and embody the spirit of scripture and be able to encourage yourself in those challenging moments. And so for that, I want us to turn to the book of Philippians because it's one of my most favorite books in the Bible and it's thought to be the book of of joy. It's like the most joyous book they say in the Bibles. And interestingly enough, many biblical scholars believe that Paul wrote this book in Rome around the time of Nero. And if if you're not familiar with Nero, it, it'd be worth looking up. But basically, he was a wicked emperor and really targeted believers. And About the time that this book was written, scholars believe Nero began feeding Christians to lions and burning them at the stake. So it was really an environment of just dark opposition. And so as you read it, it just begs the question, how could joy possibly thrive in the midst of this kind of an environment? And yet all throughout the book, Paul points to Jesus' death to show that God can take even the darkest moments in history and turn it into good. And there's this beautiful passage where Paul is writing to encourage Christians at Philippi. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, he says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, if you're struggling to find a hopeful outlook in your life, I want to encourage you to reprioritize your thoughts. I want to encourage you to switch your focus off of the outcome off of the person, off of the desirable thing that you want to see change. I want you to switch that focus and place your focus onto whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. I want you to switch your focus onto the goodness of God and trust that his hope, the hope he gives, will activate even in the midst of this season and begin to lift you up out of your place of disappointment. 
Thank you guys for listening. I want to invite you to check out our free resources at everydaychristlike.com or listen to new episodes from all of our amazing contributors. And again, if you're finding that you're in a season of disappointment or facing just a struggle in your life and you want someone to cover you in prayer, please reach out to us at everydaychristlike.com or on any of our social media sites at everydaychristlike. God bless you.